November 9th, 2012, 11.42 p.m. Chapter 11 Stuart arrived at his apartment late that evening, emotionally drained and physically spent. He discovered that the only thing women love more than obsessing over their own wedding is obsessing over every little detail to destroy someone else's wedding. He had tried to remain the voice of reason during what he felt like was a shark-feeding frenzy. Cherie seemed to take charge and had Grayson tell them everything she knew about Cody Denniston. His strengths, his weaknesses, fears, and dirty secrets. Grayson had it all. She whipped out her iPad and brought out everything she had collected and filed over the years. Once Grayson poured out all her bitterness and anger about the rape, both Araceli and Charisse felt free to share their pain as well. What started out as plans to destroy Cody's wedding ended as a venting session. Charisse told her story with chilling numbness, as if she weren't a part of what happened to her. Cece and Grayson sobbed. Stuart wiped tears as well, but Cherie stayed detached and emotionless. When Stuart interjected, or tried to steer them back to AA principles and the futility of revenge, the women just snapped at him. Stuart even read from the big book for AA. We had to see that when we harbored grudges and planned revenge for such defeats, we were really beating ourselves with the club of anger we had intended to use on others. That resulted in Araceli throwing a pin at Stuart. So he just sat in defeat and waited until their plans were laid. He figured that the likelihood of them pulling off this caper was slim to none anyway. Everything had to work perfectly, and he knew something would go wrong. He attempted to relax on his thin mattress. Something about Charisse's electrified demeanor troubled him. She laughed a little too hard, a little too loud while they were plotting. He began to rethink his willingness to be a partner in all this. Perhaps he should contact Araceli's sponsor, maybe even Eugene as well. His thoughts were interrupted by his cell phone. The ringtone immediately alerted him that his daughter was calling. Hey, Sugar Beet, how's Daddy's girl? She'll be fine once you stop sneaking around to see her. Only his cruel ex-wife could make him spending quality time with his daughter sound like a tawdry affair. You're busted, you psychopath. I found out about your little visits to Mrs. Enriquez. Dolores had the annoying habit of ending her statements with a questioning lilt. It made her sound condescending and ignorant at the same time. I don't know what you're talking about. Stuart kept his voice calm and hoped that Mrs. Enriquez wasn't punished for her part. He knew Dolores could be a vindictive woman. Sorry, old girl, but your cell phone reception is breaking up. Are you underground or something? Where are you stashing that coffin of yours these days? Stuart couldn't help the jab. He knew she would make him pay for it dearly later. What's that about my daughter? I'll say it again. Stuart could feel the hairs on his back rise. What? Stuart felt the temperature in the room drop. Boarding school? Stuart yelled so loud, the creaking next door stopped. Then he threw his phone at the wall, and it cracked like an egg. Before he could stop them, tears ran down his face, and he collapsed on his bed. What would he do without his daughter?
what would she do without him? The thought of her feeling afraid, confused, and worst of all, abandoned, tore at his heart. His tears began to burn as sadness was replaced with rage. He wanted to smash something else, but his apartment had nothing. He stood up and paced the floor, banging on the walls as he went back and forth. He knew his horny neighbors would think he was crazy. And maybe he was a little. It didn't matter. The only thing that mattered was that he was losing his daughter. He hadn't kept her safe. He started to feel as if the walls were closing in on him. He grabbed his keys and decided to forget his failures.